This week on The Outlaw Lawyer, Josh and Joe discuss the law and how it affects everything around us. And as always, here at The Outlaw Lawyer, our attorneys tackle all of the day's most urgent, burning legal questions, such as, does a seller have to disclose if a home is haunted? And can you be charged with murder for shooting a ghost? That's all coming up next on The Outlaw Lawyer. And now, Outlaw Lawyer. Welcome into the Outlaw Lawyers. Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm. They're the managing partners of the firm. They're practicing attorneys here in North Carolina and offices conveniently located Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, Gastonia, and now in Moorhead City. I'm Morgan Patrick, consumer advocate. Each and every week, we talk legalese, we get into the different topics, but we also provide, well, a service for you. If you have a question that you are facing legally and you need some answers, you can always call Whitaker and Hamer by dialing 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. Or you can email your questions to the show. That's questions at the Outlaw Lawyer. Dot com. Gentlemen, welcome in. Good to see both of you. Well, I see Josh. We've got uh, a remoting in Joe. Yeah, you can't see me, man, but I I, I look really good today. It's, um, I'm telling you, got a got a nice uh, fresh haircut yesterday, and uh, feeling feeling great, man. Well, uh, Joseph, this is uh, this is going to be our Halloween show. This is our this is our Halloween theme show. So once we once we get motivated enough and then get to our legal topics today, they will all be Halloween themed cases. Did you did you see the script? Yeah, I did, man. It was my I had a cool the idea that I had for us to dress up in Halloween costumes and come in and uh, and film this. I thought it was a fantastic idea. Mm-hmm. You you didn't seem very enthusiastic about it, man. I take you as someone who doesn't enjoy dressing up in costumes very much. I, I don't, man. I I was never the I was never a big Halloween kid. You know, I never uh, Halloween was just not a big holiday for me, and. Um, that's translated into adulthood. You know, my kids get really pumped up for it. My wife is, uh, you know, is good at getting the, getting all the seasonal stuff done, and and uh, they enjoy it, which is good. But yeah, I've never been a scary movie guy. Never the Halloween just escaped me. Which I always feel like I'm the downer on the show. <laughs> like I don't participate. You, yeah, we should work on that, man. You're like the Ebenezer Scrooge of Halloween. So, what season do you like? Do you even like a season, or you just hate everything? Uh you know, as a as a as a grown up, I like uh, you know, uh you know, we're lawyers, but we we run a firm. I consider myself uh some some type of a businessman, right? And I don't like business to be interrupted. Uh so I, I shy away from all the holidays. But I guess if I had to pick one I don't even know what I would do. Maybe Labor Day where you just get a day. Labor off Day? You don't have to do anything. That would probably on, be man. Yes. You don't you get no enjoyment from any holiday. You're telling me that. Well, it's nice to spend time with family, whatever okay. the holiday is, you know. Well, then Thanksgiving. Um, yeah, Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Thanksgiving's, Thanksgiving's a good Christmas one. holiday. I mean, you know. <laughs> I feel like we need to paint me with a with a better with a better brush on the on the show. Represent me. I, I really there, dig right? the uh, the stretch of you know, and it's funny because I don't. It's not. I don't necessarily. You know, every season kind of when it comes in and it's fresh. You know, it's you get that feeling. And it's a good thing. And then they all kind of wear their welcome out eventually. Like the cold gets old. Yeah. The heat gets old. Um, but I really dig that stretch from like starting with Halloween mm. through Thanksgiving mm-hmm. into Christmas. Um, it's a good home stretch of the year to bring it on home. <laughs> and then by the time Christmas is over, I'm like, yeah, I'm over the cold. I'm over the, the dark. Yeah. Uh, 
So, but but I like Halloween, man. I, I'm a big I'm a big Halloween person. I'm sorry you can't share my enthusiasm. Well, I uh, would have loved to have dressed up in a costume with you. I was gonna I, that was maybe gonna, next year. That was gonna be my question. I mean, obviously, Josh just rained on the entire parade. <laughs> yeah, he I was did. gonna say when you were a kid, was there a costume that uh, you kind of gravitated to? Did more than once? Really enjoyed? Or maybe that one Halloween where you just really knocked it out of the park? I don't think I had that, Joseph. What did you What do you got? Oh, man, I did this. Uh, we had one year. I remember this. I remember trick or treating um, I'm around my grandma's house. She lived uh, in the Garner area, we went to her neighborhood. And I, uh, I was playing peewee football at the time. And, and I did this costume where like I had a head and a helmet and I pulled my shoulder pads up and like made my head gone. So I spent the whole night like I couldn't see I was running into everything. But I was like a headless football player. Um, I think that was a pretty probably the most solid Halloween costume I've ever done. I'd have to say my kids are pretty creative uh, with what they come up with. Uh, you know, uh, I got three boys and they're very creative, but no matter what they want to be, they want to be the zombie version of it. Right. Like I got one kid who wants to go as Josh Allen, but not Josh Allen, zombie, zombie, guy. Josh Allen. Yeah. I, I got one kid that wants to be Iron Man, but not regular Iron Man, zombie Iron Man. You know, I like that, man. It, it makes me, it makes me happy that you haven't sat the joy <laughs> And the enjoyment from your kids' uh, love of the holidays, man. I don't Let know, those though. kids I mean, have Think that. about it. They want to go as Iron Man. Why don't you go as a dead Iron Man? <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, they, really, they really give it their all, man. They really, they really try to think it through. But um, the Halloween season to me, was all, it's always like the beginning of, uh, even though the games don't start till later, this is about the time we start getting preseason polls and stuff for college basketball. So being a lifelong North Carolina resident, I still, I still have the love for college basketball in me, even though the – the game's kind of changed a little bit, but uh, as an NC State fan, preseason polls never really mattered to me. But how they how they turn out in the preseason polls this year? I didn't I didn't see I hadn't seen them I hadn't no. looked. How, <laughs> where are the Tar Heels? I think they've got everybody back, and they're bringing like four or five alumni classes back to play on this team. I mean, they've got everybody back. Well, people just don't leave. You don't leave Carolina. You know, you stay forever and ever. <laughs> classes uh, are hard. <laughs> Baycott's been there for 72 years now. And he's a movie star. I remember him playing alongside Eric Montross. <laughs> <laughs> he backed him up. Salvadori, Winstrom, what was that? Yeah, yeah. Carolina's number one, man. And, uh, you know, it means a lot of things. But I think that the number one thing it means is, is, is the crushing weight of expectation. It's true. It's very true. And, it's very uh, true. It's tough, man. It's tough being a fan. You say it's tough being a fan of a good basketball team. It's not that hard, no. but uh, it, it, it is tough in the sense that when you when you reach a certain level and, you know, there's a certain level of success that your team has attained, you're going to end almost every year in disappointment. Right. Because if your aspirational goal is a championship, you're not going to do that very many times. So, man, you get you get there's good and bad with having a pulling for a team that traditionally has success, you know. I, I, I maybe right. I, I guess I can't. I can't judge you there. You can't know? relate to that. I'm I'm hoping this year that for NC State games, like I can just I can watch them and not be angry. Right. I can watch them God. and and be, we can at least you know like we won't be down like 25 like out of the gate or anything. Yeah, like, be well, competitive, man. Yeah. Like like a Duke football this year, man. Like that would be a good goal. You know, win some games and uh 
have hope. I think you. I think what you're trying to say, Josh, is you just want to go into every game with some semblance of hope. That's right. You know, I know I'm not. We're not. We're not gunning for a national championship, but I'd like to be competitive, uh, be able to enjoy the game, win some, lose some. But uh, but no, I think Duke Duke football. You guys uh, you couldn't have asked for a better year. No, man. I think it's a vastly exceeded expectations. If you listen, like if you watch videos of uh, Coach Elko talking to the team, that guy will have you ready, man. Like I, I'll come tackle you right now if he tells me to, Josh. I'll drive to wherever you are, <laughs> you know and I, I will, I, I will tackle you. <laughs> the, uh, I think we should war- warn the listeners too. This week is is just me and you, right? So we don't have uh, Cassandra and Nicholas is not with us. Uh, and Taylor Smith Scruggs, or Taylor Scruggs Smith, not with us, and. Uh, Nobody else. It's just me and you. So if that's if that's important to you as a listener, I just feel like we should. <laughs> just tune out now. <laughs> I feel like we should tell you that now. They're not coming on uh, for another segment. It's really uh, just it's just me and Joe the whole yeah, time. Yeah, the, the managing partners, <laughs> Ed Whitaker and Hamer, the main hosts of this show. It is going to be a rock star of a show. I like I like when we have a when we have a guest with us who they're usually uh, we were very blessed. They're all you know most of our guests are attorneys at the law firm. And uh, the, we, they're attorneys at the law firm because they're very good and they're very, uh, very uh, got attention to detail and, and, and things like that. So it's always nice to have them as a resource. You just want to phone it in, man. You're not doing that today. You're not doing that on our Halloween That's special right. show. It's, a, it's our Halloween special. So well, you need to get I, engaged. I just want to say our in-studio guests are kind of mesmerized by Josh. You know, he's just he takes control. <laughs> You know, authoritative, and then, um, you know, Joe chimes in very sarcastic most of the time. I mean, yeah, it's 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 pretty interesting to watch. All right, Halloween theme. So we have uh, what would you call these spooky cases? Halloween themed cases. What would you call these? Yeah, man, spooky spook. Can you if you could put an effect on my voice? Spooky cases. <laughs> now, can you preview the first case, and then we'll take it a break. All right. So the first case that we are going to talk about after after the break is uh, Stambovsky uh, v. Ackley, which was a New York State Court of Appeals case, uh, which talked about a house being haunted. And uh, does that have to be disclosed to a potential buyer? What? How does that affect a, a real property sale? And so that was, uh, I think that's been in like the past 20 years. That's a more recent case. But in conjunction with that, we're going to talk about the rules in North Carolina for uh, for a for a haunted house. What does the seller have to disclose, not have to disclose? So there's a, uh, uh, there's a, our first spooky Halloween-y legal case topic. All right. Halloweeny. I like it. The outlaw lawyers, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, the managing partners, Whitaker and Hamer law firm. Again, practicing attorneys here in North Carolina offices conveniently located in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, Gastonia, and now in Moorhead City. Folks, if you have a legal situation you're facing and you've got some questions you need answers to, you can always call the firm, 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. Leave your contact information, briefly what the call is about, and an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. And you can always email your questions to the show. We'll answer them on a future broadcast, questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. We're back right after this. Welcome 
Welcome back into the Outlaw Lawyers. Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, managing partners at Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, are your hosts. They're practicing attorneys here in North Carolina. Offices conveniently located Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, Gastonia, and Moorhead City. I'm Morgan Patrick, consumer advocate. Each and every week we get into legal topics. We have these discussions. You may have a situation you're facing where you've got questions and you need some answers. You can always call the firm, 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. Leave your contact information, briefly what the call is about. An attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. And you can always email your questions to the show, questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. We'll answer them on a future broadcast. And check out the website, theoutlawlawyer.com. Gentlemen, we're going Halloween-y. All right. Yep. This is Halloween. I don't know if that's a real word. That's how that's I like that. Yeah, word. It's a real word. It I, is now. I, I was going to say it is now, but I'm guessing no before now. Uh, I'm making a firm legal ruling and we're going to go ahead and add it. <laughs> a precedent. This is yeah, uh, this is a Halloweeny uh, case. And so our first case is, uh, again, anytime we talk about ca- a case, we want to know what court's hearing it. We want to know if it's state or federal. Uh, but this is uh, Stambovsky, which I'm sure I'm mispronouncing, V. Ackley. And this was a uh, New York. This went to the New York State Court of Appeals. We recently had another New York State Court of Appeals case. I can't remember what it, which one it was. I think it was the they got some good cases that, that way. I think it was you know? the elephant is the elephant a person. Should the elephant does the elephant have civil rights case? You remember that one? Oh, yeah. It's not. All right. It's, it's one of my, it's it's one of my favorite cases, man. <laughs> it's either here nor there, I guess. All right. Strombovsky v. Ackley. So in this case, uh, Ackley owned a house. Uh, I can't remember. We're in New York. I can't remember what city or town we were in, but we're in New York. And Ackley owned this house that, according to focal, local folklore, local legend, was a haunted house. Uh, he had kind of advertised it as such. Um, I think they did some tours. There was uh, he had talked to local reporters, national reporters about the how this you know I think there was a was this a poltergeist I think I uh, yeah he, he the basically the seller himself is the one who who put it out there that the house was haunted. He's seen apparitions. He had uh, it really publicized that fact. So he really played it up, and he owned his house for a while, and then they put it on the market and uh, listed it with a real estate agent, went on their their local MLS listings there, and uh, and so Strombovsky was not from the area. He was he was uh, moving in from from out of town and had gone under contract on this house, and then uh, put down a deposit, uh, and then found out, and I didn't see how he finally found out. Um, but he finally discovered. He probably just read. I mean, it, it was. It doesn't seem like this was a hidden fact. You know, it's just he was coming from out of town. I think it was actually well known in the in the area, and that's a. And I'm assuming it's a little bit of a smaller town, so probably, you know, you know how small towns are, Josh. It probably got got to him fairly fairly quickly after it was known he was purchasing it. Um, and so this. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't have knowledge, and so they had gotten. We won't go to. We won't drag a drag everybody down into the contractual process. But anyway, he's at a point where he can't really get out of the contract anymore. This was not ever disclosed to him. He discovered it, and it was uh, concerning enough where he decided he no longer wanted to to buy this house. Didn't want to lose you know tens of thousands of dollars in deposits and inspections and all that good stuff. And so there, there was he sued, and in the trial court level. Um, you know, caveat emptor, buyer beware. At the trial court level, they said, hey, this is on the the buyer. The seller has no duty to disclose any of this stuff. In most states, the seller does have a duty to disclose some things, right? So in North Carolina, um, 
you know, you have to disclose material facts, right? You know, if you know the plumbing, you know, is, is hanging on by a thread and, you know, at any moment it can, it can go and you've had problems before, you know, this is something that you would have to disclose. That's a material fact here. There's no, in, in, in New York anyway, there's no statutes, there's no case law, there's no rules, there's no requirements that you disclose that you think your house may be habited, inhabited by a poltergeist. I suppose that's how you'd put that. Yeah, that's how you put it, man. It's a good, good way to frame it. Right. So, and he said, and the trial court said, hey, you got nothing here, you know, denied. You know, you're going to have to buy the house or lose the money or, or what have you, lose your deposit. So he appealed it to the New York Court of Appeals, and uh, they kind of they kind of uh, <laughs> went a different way. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw that, man. The New York Court of Appeals is, is known for being a very ghost-friendly uh, court. Yeah. So they, they said they, you know, they, your courts kind of look at this two different ways. You know, you've got, you know, contract law, right? Under contract law, is there any way I can get out of this? You can make your arguments. And sometimes the courts will go to what they call like equitable arguments and, and be like, all right, well, as far as the contract goes, you're, you're stuck, right? The seller didn't do anything wrong. You're stuck. But sometimes they'll go and then take these equitable arguments where they're like, but in fairness, you know, should you have to do this? It's kind of like a last ditch effort where the court uh, kind of wants to make things happen. And so the court here, they they sided with uh, with the buyer here. They sided with Stambovsky and uh, and and rescinded the transaction, rescinded the contract, let him out of it. I, I was surprised. Yeah, basically what they said is, you know, th- the fact that the seller was responsible for uh putting all this information out there. The seller's the one who who created this reputation of the home as being haunted, uh, really publicized it as such. The seller basically can't now claim that the house is not haunted. And, uh, you know, they, they stepped in and said that uh, it was that the, the seller, basically wherever the seller creates a condition that materially impacts the value of, of the contract and that condition is known by the seller, but it's not something that's likely to be discovered by the buyer. The seller's non-disclosure gives the basis for that rescission. So basically the fact that the seller created this and it's not something that's going to be readily apparent to the buyer, uh, that that's, that's where this ruling comes from, which, um, you know, it's like you said, man, it's interesting. It's an interesting decision. And there were some classic quotes that the, uh, that were handed down by the court when, when they issued this decision. The, you know, I thought it was funny, you know, in a, in a, we've talked about this before, but in a court of appeals case, you, you're, you're just in front of, uh, I would judges, but they're called usually called justices. And you, you might have a panel of three, you might have a panel of seven, uh, every state's a little bit different, but, uh, you go before, uh, justices and they, they just rule. You're not retrying facts. There's not a jury. The court of appeals is just looking at what happened at the trial court level. And so here, you know, you had a majority agree that even though there was no foundation in law, just equitable, just just rules of fairness. Since, like you said, Joe, the the seller helped create this 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 uh, this issue, uh, this this poltergeist uh, or knowledge thereof, they were going to let the buyer out. There was a dissenting opinion, so one of the justices were just basically like. No, this is an arm's length transaction. The buyer has the responsibility to understand the quality of his bargain under the notion of caveat emptor. And so you hear that Let a lot. Let the buyer beware. Yeah. And so that's kind of the standard. And I think that's the way it is in most states. Um, 
but uh, but not North Carolina, right? So in North Carolina, just to bring this back to to local, you don't have a duty to disclose anything uh, like that. You know, you don't have a you don't have a duty to disclose uh, a lot of things in North Carolina. It's really you know the buyer beware. The only time the only things you have to disclose are things that amount to a material fact. You know, something that the buyer is not going to be able to discover even with inspections and things like that that you're aware of. And so, and, 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 you know, you hear that and you would think, well, uh, haunting, you know, that's something that, how do you discover that? And, uh, but at the same time, you, the, the, the way it's looked at in North Carolina is that is not something that is, is considered a material fact in and of itself, but it, you know, material facts include, you know, facts of specific importance is what we call them. So if it's something that a buyer specifically asks about and you have knowledge of it, then it can be considered a material fact. So if you know your house is haunted and you're asked that by the buyer and 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 you represent to the contrary, then you could have an issue. But just a haunting in and of itself is not something that you would have to disclose. So you anyone here that's listing a haunted house, you, you're going to be all right. You're safe. Well, you know, between you and you and me, Joseph, no house is haunted. Right. It's not a thing. It's not it's not a real thing that happens. Right. You say that, man, but uh, funny enough, we bought the, we just bought this nice, beautiful office in downtown Clayton. Very old, very old house. Very uh, cool. Very cool, by the very way. Very cool. One of the coolest houses you've ever seen. Anyways, uh, I had a buddy of mine uh, just randomly hit me up. He found out we bought this. He was like, hey, man. He's like, I see you bought that this place. He was like, you know, we were looking at that for our office. And uh, and we were walking through it. And, and the realtor was like, yeah, there's a ghost boy that lives upstairs. And we completely noped out of it as soon as they told us that. No one disclosed that to us, Josh, no, that was before not, we purchased this. That was not disclosed. But, well, you know, I was going to say that. You know, North Carolina, we don't really, you know, I mean, North Carolina is a relatively new state. We don't have houses that are 400 years old, 500 yeah, yeah. years old, right? You know, and, and I think... I think for something to be haunted, and, and again, I'm no expert, but for something to be haunted, does it there have to be a death in the house first? Like, I, or, I don't know what the rules are. I think usually, man, you know, I uh, uh, I was consulting. I did some some some. I, I watched some some videos to prepare for this. Have you? There's a uh, Casper. Have you heard of Casper? I have. Yeah. Yeah. He's friendly, a friendly ghost. Friendly, I heard. Yeah. yeah. He's a friendly ghost. But I consulted. Uh, and I think yes, you have to have unfinished business. That's one thing I've learned from Casper. And uh, generally. Yeah, there'd have to be some kind of death in the house, man. So that's I, that is correct. Can I jump in? I just want to ask this question. You guys deal with real estate all the time um, as, as a big part of your business with the firm. What about what if there's a, a, a murder in, in a house? Is that does that have to be disclosed? Uh, you know, you're putting me on the spot here, Morgan. But to my to my knowledge, that that kind of thing does not have to be disclosed unless it amounts uh, this is kind of all the this is kind of always the attorney's escape clause here, you know, uh, unless it amounts to a material fact. So, you know, if the house was like a, a crime scene that was shot up and a lot of work was done or some systems were damaged, you know, there are some fact patterns where it can amount to a material fact. But usually you don't have to disclose things like that. Yeah, I think it's I think it's basically like the situation with the haunted house. Right. It's not unless it impacts some kind of system. Uh, you don't necessarily have to disclose it unless you're specifically asked. So, mate, you know, maybe add that to your list of things you ask. Is this a murder house? That's a good, you know, that's a good place to start. Or, or take it a step further. Is there a ghost boy living in the attic? That could be a question well, that two, you, you pose. Well, aren't, guys, aren't you just a little bit curious about the ghost boy and, and maybe investigate the, the history of the home? Yeah, I, man, I, that's the thing. I don't think it, I, I, 
I think my family actually lived here at one point, like distant relatives. And I don't think there was any ghost boys. Maybe it's a it's a just a tiny ghost man that they confused for a boy. That's possible. <laughs> right. That could be a thing. The uh, I've never heard that. So I've, I've never heard that it is uh, it's one of the older the older houses in Clayton, I believe. So, I mean, I guess it's old enough to where. Something could have happened, but uh, I've never heard that. Never at all. Yeah, and I, I've not. I've yet to see the ghost boy. No, no ghost boy interactions. I tell you, the place we we came from, our old office was actually an even older building than this building. That place, that was a, that place was creepier to me personally than than this place now. But maybe next Halloween we do like a we we do a show at night. We would maybe do a seance. Um, you know, maybe we take it to the next level and see like if we it. can get this ghost boy on the air with us as our special guest. <laughs> well, well, we'll have to work that out. Hey, I was going to tell you too, you know, there's a, I don't know, there's a Simpsons, right? There's a Simpsons <laughs> where, ah. where Marge becomes a real estate agent. Do you remember that one? Have you seen that? No. <laughs> and she sells, she sells no. a house to Ned Flanders, but it's, they end up, it's a murder house and she's got all this guilt because she doesn't disclose it to to the Flanders family and they put so is that is that one of the uh, what's the what do they call the Simpsons Halloween episodes the Treehouse of Horrors is that it that is not one of those that is a regular but yeah we've been watching all those uh, so you like those like you'll watch those so you have some interest in this in the season Mm. Nah, not really. Yeah, that's about it. It's just because it's Simpsons that you like it. That's yeah, all. Yeah, probably. <laughs> all right, guys. The Outlaw Lawyers. We're going to take a short break. We're back. It's the Halloween edition. We're going to get into some more issues out there. Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer are the managing partners at Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, the power behind the Outlaw Lawyers. They're practicing attorneys here in North Carolina. Offices conveniently located in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, Gastonia, and now in more. Head City. If you have a legal situation you are facing, uh, you can always get answers to your questions by calling the firm 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. Leave your contact info, briefly what the call's about, and an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. And you can always email your questions to the show, questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. We're back right after this. Welcome back into the Outlaw Lawyers. Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, managing partners, Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, are your hosts. They're practicing attorneys here in the great state of North Carolina. Offices conveniently located in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, and Gastonia, as well as Moorhead City, brand new in Moorhead City. I'm Morgan Patrick, consumer advocate. Each and every week we talk legalese, a little bit of a Halloween edition, scary edition of the show. If you've got questions you're facing when it comes to legal, you can always contact the firm by calling eight. 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. Leave your contact information briefly, what the call is about. An attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. And again, you can always email your questions to the show, questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. And check out the website, theoutlawlawyer.com. Guys? Before we continue our uh, Halloween uh, episode of The Outlaw Lawyer, and I really, hopefully, Morgan, you've got plans and posts to put a lot of scary noises in Ooh, here. Yeah. Because yeah. so I, I felt well, like, we should definitely do that. <laughs> I felt like uh, some Scooby Doo noises <laughs> is, is what we need. But uh, I do want to encourage, uh, you know, if you listen to the show, if you have any comments on the show, good, bad suggestions, you know, give us a call. 
uh, shoot us an email. Um, again, and if we can help you with anything or you have a legal uh, matter that's uh, pressing uh, that you need attention to, uh, our attorneys are always happy to, to hear from folks. I know we had a lot of we had a lot of calls last week. I don't know what we did last week to, to encourage, but our calls doubled. Uh, last week, so we reached out to a lot of folks and uh, had some good conversations and, and had some folks that, that did need legal help, legal representation, and the firm was able to, to take that on and, and assist. So we are here to help, uh, so definitely don't be afraid to call for, for any reason or no reason. You can just leave us a message, uh, and like I said, we're always open for suggestions, things to talk about. Um, uh, we can't, they can't all, we, only, we can only have one Halloween episode a year, so this is, uh, can't do this every week. So we do appreciate when folks do call in. And, and, and like I said, we like to talk to people. We try to talk to everybody who calls in. Uh, so always happy to do that. But Joseph, you know, what's our next case? I like that, man. You can call for no reason. I'm anticipating we just get a lot of calls of people just breathing heavy. <laughs> try to try to call talk. us and breathe yeah. into the uh, into the phone. Yeah. Joe, what are you what are you doing in your spare time? A heavy breathing, uh, man. I, I think it's the, the ghost boy. The ghost boy here has me shook. Um, hey, man, Josh, you did a you prepared the show for us. I you know, you didn't want to dress up, but you did do the legwork on this preparation. And I. This one you found is a fine. This is a fine case, man. This is, I wanted it to give you kudos for it. <laughs> this is an old, old, old case. This is uh, early 1800s. So this is coming out of uh, this is coming out of Britain. This is coming out of the London area. But this is one I, I think even in law school when we were like we were in school and law school back in the day, back in the olden days, and uh, it was Halloween and they wanted to kind of present something that was a little a little Halloweeny. This is one that came up. So this is the uh, the criminal trial of Francis Smith, and then again, this is from the early eighteen hundreds. Uh, but this is this is one that was the basis of one of our questions here. This is can you be found guilty of murder uh, for shooting a ghost? So that was one of our intro questions. This is where it comes from. Um, so here we had someone. Um, what was this guy's name? I got this, man. I got this. So it's eighteen oh three in the town of Hammersmith. Uh, uh, and the and the the village is terrorized by a ghostly figure that appears in all white and scares the town's folks. Um, and so, yeah, so the villagers uh, and and travelers have all claimed that they they've seen this 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 ghastly figure dressed in white uh, that attacks them in the fog in the night, like we're in England, right? It's foggy always, and and it's always dark and dreary. And so you've got the townspeople, and you've got people passing through. And they're all getting getting attacked by this 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 white figure, this spirit, right? So that's the setting, and um, and this is a this is like a thing that has really captivated everybody. Everybody's aware of it, and it, and it becomes such a thing that that they they basically put together a neighborhood watch. And you know they're not all, you know it's it's the 1800s. I don't know if people were more inclined to to believe in the supernatural back then. They didn't have the internet, uh, so that that could have contributed. But the, the townspeople basically come up with the, the logical conclusion that this is just a person, right, that's dressing up in a sheet and going out and, and, and terrorizing the people. So they, they develop like a neighborhood watch um, and, and never have any success, right? They never have success with, with these patrols they're doing uh, to, to really capture this, this person or this entity. Um, and so at, at one point, there is this gentleman 
uh, Thomas Millwood. He, he's a bricklayer. He lives in the town and he goes out, uh, he goes out on the regular in this very nice outfit. That's, that's basically all white. So he's got like white trousers. It's very unfortunate. These events, man, but everything he's wearing is white and his family actually has warned him because you know, it's so well known that there's this, this ghost out there doing these things or this person uh, pretended to be a ghost. And his family's like, look, man, you, you look like a ghost. <laughs> Don't go out into the fog, put a coat on, do something different. Don't wear your white clothes because you're just asking for trouble. Right. And so, uh, little, uh, would you know it? He goes out, he's got his white on. He doesn't put the, he doesn't put a coat on. Um, he is, he's walking down black lion lane and he is mistaken for the ghost and Francis Smith, the, the person we mentioned at the beginning, actually, uh, he's a customs officer, and it, and it said that he he had gotten frustrated with the lack of success <laughs> of neighborhood watch groups finding this ghost. So he kind of takes it into his own hands and just starts camping out like in a deer blind, just looking for a ghost. Um, so he actually he actually shoots and kills uh, Mister Millwood, who is mistaken for the ghost, and and that kind of sets the stage. For this case. Yeah. And so, so I think it's important. Uh, Mr. Millwood here wasn't doing anything, right? He wasn't acting menacing. He wasn't chasing, uh, he wasn't chasing, uh, Mr. Smith here. Uh, he wasn't, he was just, I think the term I saw was lying in wait. Um, Mr. Smith took Mr. Millwood as a ghost lying in wait about to do something. And he, uh, he shot him, as my kids would say. He straight up shot him. Uh, he did. Right in the mouth, it sounds like. Um, it's like a really, you mentioned Scooby-Doo earlier, man. This is a really messed up episode of Scooby-Doo where Fred just pulls out a gun and blasts the, uh, <laughs> the old caretaker dressed up in the mask. Uh, so, so, so he went on trial for murder, right? Mr. Smith shot a man who wasn't doing anything wrong, wasn't. Maybe didn't make the best decisions, the safest decisions, dressing all white and going out, but uh, hadn't done anything wrong, hadn't assaulted anybody, hadn't menaced anybody. And uh, Mr. Smith asserted uh, the defense of uh, self-defense, right? So that's a that's a defense to the act of murder, that you're acting in your own defense, you're acting in self-defense. And uh, the court didn't buy that. They said, you know, Mr. Millwood's not doing anything wrong. Um you know, you what you believe, you know, and, and this kind of echoes till today. You know, if you go take your concealed carry permit class, they're going to spend a lot of time talking on, you know, self-defense, defense of others. You know, your subjective subjective belief as to what's going on doesn't trump what's actually going on. Right. So if you see two people in a fight, you come to the rescue of the one you think's the victim. Uh, but it turns out that's just the aggressor. And you get involved and you you hurt, harm, stop, kill the wrong person. Well, guess what? You, what you thought was happening doesn't doesn't matter. It, it matters what's actually happening. And so here, his his, his uh, what I would call crazy subjective belief that that Mr. Millwood was a ghost lying in wait didn't matter. That's not a that's not a <laughs> it doesn't sound like a defense at all. I guess back then, maybe it was a little bit different. I think people were harder to trick back then, but. Yeah, man, I, I think what I've taken from this case uh, personally is that uh, if 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 the ghost boy does happen to show himself, I can't shoot first and ask questions later, you know, and uh, and this is the thing, man, it, 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 he just blasts this guy like there was no report of anyone being harmed by the ghost, really, you know, it was kind of just terrorizing the people um, running after him. No one was actually injured. So that's 
pretty drastic response. And the other thing, man, I'm not a crime scene investigator from the 1800s, right? But uh, it, it, it says that, that he shot him literally through the mouth. He shot him through the mouth. And it, and it talks about how it was dark. It was foggy. He couldn't really make him out. Pretty, it's pretty Spot crazy on. coincidence there, Josh. Yeah, you know? You know, it, the the little summary of the case that, that we have in front of us, it says uh, that uh, for the deceased, Mr. Millwood was obviously killed, uh, that his spirit still lingers in the town pub. Um, and so talking about unfinished business, but I'm not a big guy who believes in things being haunted and things like that. I think it's all, you know, kind of kind of made up, you know, like our, I guess, the Clayton office's ghost boy. Somebody just made that up. Right. And then it just it just takes on a life of its own you know yeah so this guy you know he gets killed and uh that does not kill the the ghost you know the ghost actually continues to appear uh but eventually enough publicity about this death gets around that it's uh john graham who's a local shoemaker actually steps forward and claims responsibility for being the ghost and he says that he became the ghost and started scaring villagers to get revenge on his apprentices after they told his kids scary ghost stories. So uh, that's some Scooby Doo stuff right there, it's, man. It's nonsensical. Yeah, it just doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. But anyway, people had a lot of free time back in the 1800s, is what I've determined from this. But some of this, this is a, a British case from the 1800s, and and you know the U.S. common law. When we when we the U.S. court systems first got started, we brought over a lot of common law. So if you hear people talk about the common law, it's just kind of the underpinnings of uh, of the law, and and that a lot of that came from from Britain. So a lot of these ideas about self defense and you know subjective uh, determinations of what's going on and when you're in danger, uh, not really mattering. Uh, you know that that comes from there. So it's a very old case, very Halloweeny, but still relevant. So that's. That's about as good as we can do for a Halloween case. The Outlaw Liars, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, managing partners, Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm. Again, Whitaker and Hamer, the power behind the program, the Outlaw Lawyers. They're practicing attorneys here in the great state of North Carolina. Offices in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, Gastonia, and Moorhead City. We are having kind of a, a holiday edition for Halloween or Halloweeny, and we'll talk more when we come back. Outlaw Lawyers, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, managing partners, Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, offices conveniently located in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, Gastonia, and now in Moorhead City. They are practicing attorneys here in North Carolina. I'm Morgan Patrick, consumer advocate. We hit the legal topics each and every week. If you've got a situation you're facing and you need answers to some of your legal questions, you can always call Whitaker and Hamer, 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. Leave your contact info briefly what the call's about, and an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. You can email your questions to the program. We'll answer them on a future show, and we'll keep you anonymous. Questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. Gentlemen, more Halloweeny. So, Joseph, before we get into uh, into any more uh, Halloweeny uh, type cases, I was preparing for the show, and I was I was doing some googling, and uh, I was trying to find like the best all time. TV legal sitcom drama, but you know, legal TV show, best Halloween episodes. Okay. 
Okay. That's what I was trying to look for. It doesn't exist. That list does not exist. Anytime I'm Googling something that I think should probably, somebody should have done it. And it, anyway, so we got to put that together. And I don't know how we're going to do it. So we're gonna we're developing an outlaw lawyer TV show for this purpose. No, 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 no. We're gonna we got to develop. Oh, the list. The okay, list. we got to put the list yeah. together. We're what if there's just no episodes that deal with it? Well, I surely there are. There are. There, Night Court had a ton of them, right? I can okay. tell you that from right. personal experience. Yeah, I, I believe. Trust me, <laughs> if I'm gonna believe anybody about Night Court, it's gonna be you. But I was trying to I was trying to look at because uh, the the one that I was thinking about, you know, there's a there's a we talked about Treehouse of Horror, The Simpsons. There's an episode where. Uh, it's the the devil versus Homer Simpson. Uh, I'm sure you've. I'm sure you're familiar with it. Yeah, yeah certainly. Uh, but Homer Simpson uh, purports to sell his soul uh, to the devil. The devil is Ned Flanders in this Treehouse of Horror. Uh, but he he sells his soul for a donut. The devil comes back to collect, and they have a they have a trial, right? Because Homer Homer doesn't want to go to go to go down there with the devil. But anyway, so they have a whole trial and, and, and Homer ends up winning because he had already pledged his soul to, to Marge before they got married. So he couldn't then convey his soul uh, to the devil because he no longer own it. He had given it. So it's a nice little, you know, it's a nice. Says, I'm, t- I'm taking that's going to be number one on your list. Spoiler I, yeah, alert. Oh, I think that is. I think that is number one on the list, even though it's not a legal show. But but anyway, that list needs to be developed. Maybe someone out there. Uh, listening can get to it before we get to it, but there needs to be a top 10 list of TV sitcoms slash dramas that deal with a legal topic or trial um, with a Halloween theme. And they're out there and there's things. Yeah, maybe that'll be in place by next Halloween. So it'll make our, our show planning easy to do. Make it even more Halloweeny. But, but in my searching now, there are lists, right? They're already, and this will make this job easier. Somebody, so the people have already compiled, like just you know, alphabetical list of every TV sitcom, uh, drama, Halloween episodes, right? So you can look uh-huh. up, you know, if you want to see every Halloween episode that uh, that Night Court had, you can you can look that up. Now they're not ranked in any shape or form, or, or they haven't been uh, subdivided in any way. But one of the things that really surprised me, and I'm, I, there's no discussion that goes with this. I just want to share it because I didn't know it existed. You know, growing up in the 80s, I was a big Knight Rider fan. Knight Rider. You're familiar Knight Rider? with it? Knight Rider. Hasselhoff. Okay. Yeah. It was very, yeah, yeah. It, was, uh, it was about the time. I know the theme. I know the theme. Yeah. <laughs> there, was a, there was a time in the 80s where machines that talked, like, took over everything, right? There was, uh, what was the one with the helicopter? Helicopter Rider. Oh, what was the, what was the Morgan? What was the air oh. airwolf airwolf airwolf? <laughs> so that sounds pretty sweet, actually. Never. I've literally never in my life heard of it, but it has Jan Michael Vincent. Yeah, yes. airwolf. It was big. Nice. It was big time, man. It was big time. I believe you. I mean, it, it, it stopped airing before I was born, so you can't blame me. But Knight Rider had a Halloween episode and I can't for the life of me remember it. So later today, I'm going to hunt it down and, and watch it. Uh, I'm assuming it's out there somewhere and I can I can get Look it. Look at you, man. Getting in the spirit, watching thematic <laughs> TV shows. Uh, it was called the Halloween night. I just Googled it myself. Uh, so. uh, yeah, it's the benefit of being remote. <laughs> right in front of having my research available for me. So I just wanted to share that with everybody just so everybody else knew and fans of the Knight Rider who may or may not remember that there was a Halloween episode can can enjoy that this Halloween. You know, you've got that going for you. Um, so we got this whole we're going to run out of time, but we got this whole list of cases that uh, that are that are Halloweeny. Um, Joseph, what's the first one you want to talk about? 
Uh, you know, this is uh, the the cigarette slip up, as it is called, and this this isn't necessarily a spooky. Ca- I guess it's spooky if it happens to you. But uh, basically, you had a, a gentleman, Frank for for Lido. Uh, he attended a costume party. He was dressed <laughs> dressed up as uh, his wife was Little Bo Peep, and he was her sheep. And he spent all this time, man, making this this fantastic <laughs> sheep costume out of Johnson and Johnson cotton balls. Mm. And at some point during the party, Mr. Ferlito, he, when he drinks, he likes to have a cigarette, right? Uh, not an uncommon. <laughs> so Mr. Ferlito, I uh, probably had a couple of drinks, man. He lights up his cigarette and, uh, unfortunately his entire costume catches on fire. So, uh, he suffers burns as a result. And the Ferlito family ultimately sues Johnson and Johnson for a failure to warn of this, uh, consequence. And please tell me they lost. They did. They did. They did lose, but not for not for the reasons you probably want them to lose. They they did not testify. There was not evidence presented that a warning on the package would have would have deterred them from using the cotton balls to create the costume. Uh, so so assuming that Johnson and Johnson failed to properly warn their consumers that cotton balls were in fact flammable. Uh, here it didn't cause, it wasn't the proximate cause of the damage, uh, cause there was no evidence presented that that would have stopped. Uh, and, and I, I never read, I mean, who reads the warnings on the, on cotton balls? And I mean, I guess somebody does. I don't know. Josh, you're, you're not a rocket scientist, man, but I, I have to imagine that you don't, you don't need a warning to tell you that you don't. Well, if you you're doing start homemade, puffing a cig with cotton balls. <laughs> yeah, all I was going to say, if you're doing a homemade costume, you, you're thinking to yourself, okay, is this going to be. You know, possibly a fire hazard. I need to be at least aware of it. Maybe. I can see people at that party, man, seeing this dude just lit on fire and like, oh my god, that's an amazing costume. Like, how did he? Is do that part it? of it? Incredible. Is that part of it? What yeah. the flames? <laughs> the flames. <laughs> well, he survived, right? So he was obviously yeah, he lived, man. Yeah. But, but I always think about that that person coming into my office. You know, we we try to take everything serious. Right? You make a consultation with us. We're going to sit down with you and kind of talk through your problems. But like. The attorney that got really jazzed about that case, you know, like, oh, man, yeah, it's we're going to get him this time. I, I always think about the who was the attorney's name on Seinfeld? Uh, what was that guy's name? You know, what I'm talking about Seinfeld, the attorney that took all Kramer's crazy cases. I don't know his name, but I, I know what you're talking about. I think it was Jackie something. Anyway, uh, I, that's the that's the attorney I picture anytime like I read one of these cases and I'm like, what attorney took this case? And like, you know. We got another one, man. Let's do another one real quick. We got uh, the broken nose nightmare. Basically, you had a lady who went into a haunted house. Uh, You know, you go into a haunted house, you know, you might be scared while you're inside. That's the reason you go. Right. So she's walking through the house. Somebody jumps out of the dark and and hollers at her. And uh, she gets startled, turns, begins to just sprint away, smashes face first into something, breaks her nose. So that's the basis of this case. A lot of those haunted houses, I mean, they have you sign. A lot of them, you know, have you sign the waiver when you go in, right? And you can select. I've never been to one. So I'm, we got to talk about future episode, maybe next Halloween. We talk about there's this place, McCamey Manor, and, and we can't get into it now. But it's basically it's a haunted house where you sign like a 50 page all inclusive waiver. They can do anything to you. And it, literally no one's ever made it through it, period, ever. Because they just it's just like they torture you. So well, they, have, they have a cash 
uh, reward if you make it through, right? It's a pretty yeah. It's like twenty. I want to say twenty five thousand, maybe. Yeah. That I'm just throwing that out there. But literally, no one's made it, and and you hear people talk about it, and it sounds like the dumbest, the d- second dumbest thing we've talked about, next to lighting yourself on fire in a cotton ball suit. Is that a local place, or is that like a national? I think it's in San Diego, uh-huh. but uh, it, it's it. It's it doesn't sound it does not you know Halloween's not for you in general Josh I can say confidently that this place is not for you but like if you really enjoy it, like you seem to like Halloween I guess you wouldn't do that either right Nah man this isn't even like they're jumping out and scaring you like a ghost they're like tying people upside down and waterboarding them and <laughs> shocking them with cattle prods like oh, that's not even that scary man it's just dude like what are you doing yeah read the read the fine print when you sign those things just be careful yeah anytime anytime you're, you're gonna go to like a haunted house or uh i've even seen some of the corn mazes do it but like trampoline parks any of that stuff you're signing a waiver right you just uh but 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 here in this case yeah she wasn't she wasn't successful because uh she should have expected to be surprised, startled, or scared by the exhibits. And here, I don't even think there was a waiver in this case, but I think most of them nowadays, they have some sort, even if it's like a short little waiver, you know, just giving you a heads up. And, and, and it's hard to sue someone when you sign a waiver saying you're not going to sue in general. It is hard, <laughs> but you can still do it. It's just it's not very easy. <laughs> well, we've got a few more cases we're going to get to on the other side. The outlaw lawyers, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm. They're the managing partners there. And again, the power behind the outlaw lawyers is Whitaker and Hamer. If you've got a legal situation that you're facing and you've got questions outside our halloween episode, uh, you can always call the firm, 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. Leave your contact information briefly what the call's about and attorney will be in touch with you from Whitaker and Hamer. And you can always email your questions to the show. We'll answer them on a future broadcast. Questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. We're back to wrap it up right after this. Outlaw Lawyers, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, managing partners, Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, offices in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Farina, Gastonia, and now in Moorhead City. They are practicing attorneys here in North Carolina. I'm Morgan Patrick, consumer advocate, and we talk legalese each and every week. And this week, we're spending some time on Halloween, some interesting cases that are out there. Josh? Joseph, you so you are you a big haunted house guy? Do you hit the the you hit the haunted houses this time of year? I don't, man. I don't because uh, no one, none of the people that I like and that I'm friends with care anything about it. Like you, Josh, like you wouldn't go, and I'm not going to go by myself, man. That's just weird. A weird, <laughs> random guy just showing up. But, I can uh, see that Josh and Joe holding hands, walking <laughs> through a haunted house. Terrifying. Yeah, we should do that. Live stream it for the, the people. And I think that would be great, man. But you don't like my ideas, Josh. So, But uh, I tell you what is fun, man. This is unrelated. But what is fun is if you've ever and you probably wouldn't like this because you, you know, you don't like anything. But if you did like things. Uh, being being like an actor in a haunted house, we did a charity one and back in college and in in the great the great uh, city of Wilson, North Carolina, and there was an old abandoned mall that that got shut down. The police department put this thing on, and they got college kids to come and like participate. That's a lot of fun, man. Scaring people, whole lot of fun. Anyways, back to this McCamey Manor thing because oh, yeah, I just yeah. it got the wheels turning. So you know. My understanding is this place is they, they offer us a twenty thousand dollar prize, right? Cash. No one's ever won it. It's free to go. You have to like give them dog food is what you do. You don't even pay to get in. And uh, what do you think the wait list is for this place, Josh? For people to go and and basically get tortured? What do you think? 
I, Take a guess. I, all right, I, I, a month. Twenty-four thousand people on the wait list. God. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, but yeah, no one's ever made it, man. I think you have to last. Uh, you have to last ten hours. I believe it is. I think it's a ten hour, and I don't know that anybody's gotten through a couple. Uh, but again, like they will literally just start beating you, like just beating <laughs> you. They'll shave your head. They'll uh, like, like I said, they'll waterboard you. Like it's not. It's not a it's not a fun time, man. It doesn't sound like a very fun time. But but I think I think the the viewers, the listeners, I think they'd love to see you go and give it a shot, man. If we can bump you to the top of that list. So yeah. why why do why do I, and sorry, maybe this is obvious. So why do people do it then? It's the money. They want the money. But no one I think it's a combination of there's some just there's just people out there who are there's some people that are into that kind of thing, right? And even people who are into that kind of thing aren't making it very long. But then it's the money. I think it's the I think you you know, people sit there and they think like I can do anything for ten hours to get twenty grand. Um, I think that's part of it. And some people are just thrill seekers, man. Why do people jump off of buildings with wingsuits? Like, you know, there's there's just some people out there that they, they need that uh, adrenaline rush. My whole life as a lawyer, you know, when I give advice to people, my whole my whole career is built on like people not like clients not being surprised, like not having surprises, planning estates, right? Doing your estate plan, you know, planning out a litigation, preparing for pitfalls. Uh, everything that I do is built on not being surprised. So I like to go home and watch the same shows I've always watched, <laughs> the same people I've always been around. No surprises for me, man. Well, you're not going to be surprised if you go to McCamey Manor because it says right here, uh, number 36 in the contract talks about them potentially pulling your teeth out or pulling your nails off. So you would know like what's coming potentially. <sighs> yeah. I, I, somebody, yeah. Somebody was telling me here recently they had been to a local kind of haunted house, haunted farm, but there was a uh, there was it wasn't like that obviously, but there were there were some extra options, right? So you could sign up for the where they could they could do stuff to you. You know, I don't know, not yeah. only scare yeah. you, but kind of I don't know if rough you up's the word, but you know, I'm fighting I'm fighting a teenage kid that <laughs> that puts his hands on me in a haunted house, man. Uh, yeah, how do you how do they're you- gonna have to they're also gonna have to sign a waiver if I'm signing a waiver and. uh how much money, man? How much cash for you to let this McCamey guy pull one of your teeth, man? None. There's not. There's no. There's amount, no man. amount. It'd have to be <laughs> millions. I'd have to like for to undergo something like that. I'd have to for be one like, million, dude. You would let for one million. I bet you're letting this guy pull one of your teeth right now, live on the air. Probably for one million. Yeah. yeah. Is it a tooth yeah. that's kind of bad anyway? Like a tooth. <laughs> yeah, he gets to pick the tooth, man. You know, he's picking. He's gonna pick the front one, yeah, front, front and center. center. Yeah. That's yeah that's exactly, man. You look like a hockey player then, though. You look cool with one tooth out. Look, you know, we we encourage folks to give us a call. Do not call me about drafting your <laughs> waiver for your haunted house where you want to be also be able to assault people. And uh, I don't want to do it. I don't have I don't have a good template for that. I, I, I don't want to do it. Um, but it, but anyway, uh, so so these Halloween cases, you know, the thing I thought about these Halloween cases is they're they're kind of crazy, uh, but they also still you know still apply today, right? You know, they they actually have some. Uh, relevance. They're not just uh, Halloweeny to be Halloweeny. They they have relevance, and 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 some of them are still used today. You know, I tell you, uh, it's always fun to get into seasonal topics, and we were Halloweeny today. This week on the Outlaw Lawyers, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer. They are the managing partners at Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, practicing attorneys here in North Carolina. Offices conveniently located in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, Gastonia. And now in Moorhead City, they are practicing attorneys again here in the great state. And if you have any legal situation that you're facing and you've got questions, you can always call the firm, 800-659-1186. 
1186. That's 800 659 1186. You can also just leave your contact information briefly what the call is about, and they will be in touch. Email your questions to the show. We'll answer them on a future broadcast. Questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. Another great show in the books. We'll see you on the radio next week. hosted by an attorney licensed to practice law in North Carolina. Some of the guests appearing on the show may be licensed North Carolina attorneys. Discussion of this show is meant to be general in nature and in no way should the discussion be interpreted as legal advice. Legal advice can only be rendered once an attorney, licensed in the state in which you live, had the opportunity to discuss the facts of your case with you. The attorneys appearing on the show are speaking in generalities about the law in North Carolina and how these laws affect the average North Carolinian. If you have any questions about the content of the show, contact us directly.